With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into another edition of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am Terry Lambert. Evan is not in today, but I am joined by one of our contributors, Connor Knapp. Connor, how's it going today? It's going great, Terry. How are you? Doing good. Glad to have you on. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of everything today. We're going to talk a little Tennessee baseball, uh, NBA draft with, with, in regards to the Tennessee prospects, get into a little football as we close. So uh, before we start, I wanted to remind you we write for RockyTopTalk.com, covering the Tennessee Volunteers for SB Nation. Uh, for all the latest news and info, head on over to RockyTopTalk.com. All right, uh, I want to toss it to Connor to start. Uh, Tennessee baseball is as good as they've been in a, a really long time. Uh, I know there are a lot of fans like me that haven't jumped on the train. Uh, if you're talking to someone like that, uh, go ahead and sell us on why we should hop on right now. Well, Tennessee, as we sit here, sits at 36-17, and 17, and they have not made a regional. I didn't even know this have not made the NCAA tournament since 2005, which is almost, I mean, for any Power 5 program, you've got you've to do better than that. So Tennessee coming off a series win at Florida. That was their third or fourth SEC series win of the year. So uh, they've got, they finish the regular season with three with number 15 Ole Miss this weekend. And the Vols are at 13 and 17 in conference, so or 12 and 15, excuse me. If they can get to 13 and 17, they then have a chance to play themselves into the NCAA tournament if they can find a way to win at least one. Probably need a couple in the SEC tournament. If they can win two this weekend, 14 and 16 probably gets you in, no matter what you do in the SEC tournament. But either way, it's just a it's fun to have something to look forward to in uh in may and june when we usually don't have much going on so hopefully tony vitello can get the balls to the ncaa tournament in his second year yeah absolutely i think that's that was my next point uh vitello just just crushing it in, in his second year uh really just building this thing from the ground up what are your overall impressions of him just in as we uh kind of exit year two here so he's done an incredible job recruiting i mean this tennessee team lost several guys uh, in its recruiting class last year that was one of the tops in the country, lost several in the top two and three rounds of the MLB draft. So, I mean, it could be even better than it is right now with several guys who could go in the first couple rounds this year. Um, they have they've blown several leads that uh, look pretty costly now. If they had those wins, could be looking pretty good for the NCAA tournament already. But on the whole, I mean, Vitello took over a program that, like we said, hasn't been to the NCAA tournament in 14 years and looks like it could here in year two. So overall, I think it's hard to be anything but impressed with him. Yeah, blowing leads, something that uh, we as Tennessee fans and, and Braves fans know, know a little something Always. about. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely pay attention to the Tennessee baseball team. It, it's gotten a lot of run on the site. People are 
people are clicking on it so people are interested so that's going to be fun to follow the next few weeks so uh with that being said we'll move on to the basketball team big news this week grant williams uh, announcing that he's going to make his final decision uh on the nba this weekend on saturday uh connor you and i disagree on this uh, i i'm of the thinking pretty vehemently uh, yeah yeah I, i'm of the thinking that that Grant Williams could come back. I, I'm just, uh, I, I think he's a different kind of dude. Um, just a really unique guy. Tell me why I'm crazy. Well, here, here's my thought. I certainly wish he'd come back. That'd, be, that'd obviously yeah. be the best for everyone. Uh, I've, he's, he's an undersized forward and a very good one at that. He's going to be a first-round NBA draft pick, whether it's this year or next year. But by virtue of being undersized, he's going to be drafted somewhere 16 to... 30 whether it be this year or next so just in my mind he's already graduated he's back-to-back sec player of the year it doesn't really make much sense in in my mind to come back and play for free for another year when he's probably going to be drafted in the same position next year anyway and from everything coming out of the nba combine this week it sounds like everybody that talks to him just comes away more and more impressed so maybe that's even raising his draft stock this year and he might go closer to the lottery in which case You've definitely got to go. So I just don't see a scenario where it makes too much sense for him to come back. I certainly, certainly get all that. I think he went 19th in the SB Nation mock draft this morning to the Spurs, which, you know, if you're hearing that, uh, you kind of be crazy to, to come back. But I just think this guy is different. I mean, we're talking about a professional chess player here, a guy that turned down Harvard uh, it just seems like a guy that, that would want to finish what he started and go out with his guys. You know, Lamonte Turner is definitely going to come back. Jordan Bowden's definitely going to come back. Don't know on Jordan Bone yet. Uh, but still, it, it just seems like a guy that, that, would, that would want to finish what he started. Maybe I'm off base there. Uh, professionally speaking, it, it doesn't make much sense. Like you said, I, I see what you're saying there. But, man, becoming the three-time SEC Player of the Year, joining Bernard King, and Pistol Pete, uh, that's got to be on your radar. I mean, you don't ever see that in today's day and age. So that would be my argument back to you, uh, and, and I just think he's a, a different kind of dude. So I don't well, think – and, and I, I get that also, but don't you think – I mean, if Admiral was coming back, I'd even say that would be a greater chance because obviously we've seen they love playing together, and it doesn't appear – I'm sure we were going to talk about this too – that Jordan Bone's coming back. So at that point, it's kind of just him, and obviously he likes everybody else on the team, but does he does he really want to come back without Admiral and Bone and try to do it one more time when he could be playing for a lot more money? Right. I mean, that's that's certainly a factor, and I think you have to talk about what what can he get better at. You know, I think you can get the three-point stroke a little smoother. He can get that hit, start hitting that shot more consistent. You know, six seven. He, he's not going to get any taller. He's not going to get any tougher. Um, so I, I think he can come back and refine that part of his game. But I don't see anywhere else where he can improve. So um, the, two well, sides to that coin for sure. Well, and that was another thing uh, from the combine. I don't know if you saw it, Jonathan Javoni, the top. Uh, oh yeah. The draft guy for ESPN. He was with Grant working out, and Grant was he, he had a video of him shooting NBA threes, and his shot not only were about ninety percent of them going in. His shot just looked a lot shorter. You know, in baseball, we talk about guys being short to the ball. He just looked very quick and smooth, and pretty much all of his NBA threes were going in. So, I mean, if he's 
if he's worked on that in the last couple months and is showing that to NBA teams, I mean, there's no telling how high he could go. Yeah, and you know he's crushing the interview process, and that's kind of what we've heard throughout this week. Teams are kind of falling in love with him as they they speak to him. So, um, I my my hopes are are um, kind of getting smaller as as the day arrives. But still, I I think uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a Peyton Manning moment where he comes back and, and he can do it all again. But I, I don't think it's dramatic to say that Tennessee's entire season kind of rest on Saturday I mean I'll be in dramatic there no well and and we haven't discussed this I'm do you think all the stuff with Barnes has anything to do with his decision do you uh, think maybe gosh. He, he would not come back after all that I, I don't think it does I, I really don't think it does I, I think it gets played up on Twitter a lot and and we're kind of too close to it to see all that but I, I think it's just Barnes kind of wanting more money and, and and feeling out that process. I think it was really interested in UCLA, but I don't think any of his players would, would just straight up leave because of that. Maybe you have I, a I different... I tend to agree. I just don't know if, you know, a 21-year-old sees that uh, their coach supposedly reached out to the school attempting to leave, and maybe that, you know, thinks, well, if I can go play for money, why would I go play again for this guy? Yeah, it, that whole deal was interesting because you had Josiah James, you know, five-star guard you've got Corey Walker five-star small forward and I'm just sitting here like man you're really gonna throw all this away you know the biggest knock on him has been him as a recruiter and he's finally got it rolling and and it was just kind of scary to see him uh potentially throw all that away so that that was my concern there but uh yeah you mentioned Jordan Bowen I think we need to talk about him I don't get this decision I I, see he seems like he's not coming back um I don't see him appearing in any second-round mock drafts. I don't see, you know, how he's going to get drafted at this point. You've got, you've got a ton of point guards in this class. You know, Tremont Waters is a, a, another guy uh, that's kind of in the same boat with him. Uh, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't come back to Tennessee and, and be the guy. You know, let's assume that that Grant leaves. Why would you not come back to Tennessee and put a year on tape of you being the primary offensive threat at Tennessee? Yeah, I'm I'm surprised on both sides. I'm surprised that he's not projected to be drafted higher than he is because he is he's a great player. But by that same token, if he what I, what I always thought was when he and uh, Grant announced that they were declaring for the draft, I always thought Bone would come back because, like I said with Grant, his stock wouldn't rise much with another year. But if Bone had another year like he just had, I mean, he could be in the lottery discussion. So I don't I don't really get why he seems so uh, opposed to coming back, but it sure sounds like from everything that he's, it's the draft or bust. Now with the new rules, if he goes in and uh, as an underclassman doesn't get drafted, he can come back. So, you know, for him it would almost be worth it would be better to not get drafted than get drafted at the back half of the second round. But uh, it sure sounds like he's he's intent on staying in. Yeah, it's just confusing to me because I see a guy that just oozes talent. Just uh, if he can get that three-point stroke more consistent, which you did at the end of the year, uh, if he can find that consistently, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's just an elite athlete. Uh, for whatever reason, the light came on this year. Uh, I mean, the guy was totally lost last season uh, and, and then just comes out this year. And it's a totally different different player. He's getting to the, getting to the rim, uh, making plays in the paint, making smart decisions with the ball. Uh, you can just tell that his three seasons at Tennessee, he's has totally morphed into a different guy. And, and I think one more year would certainly benefit him uh, to come back. So 
I mean, just looking at this roster, if you assume both leave, uh, this is pretty rough. I, I don't know what you do down low. It, it's You're talking about John Fulkerson. Uh, you're talking about Fulky being a starter. Um, it's just well, it's and, really and rough. Well, and Derek Walker seemed to be uh, projected into that starting lineup just about, and now he's gone. Yeah. So now he's really down to it. And you got DJ Burns, who we haven't seen. We haven't seen any of Zach Kent. Uh, and it's just rough down low, especially. I, I think they'll be okay with Lamonte Turner, Jordan Bowden, uh, and Josiah James. I think that's that's okay. You don't have much depth there, but I mean, you're talking about guys like Eves Ponds. They're gonna have to step up. You know, John Fulkerson is gonna have to step up, and that's just a, a bad place to be in. Because uh, uh, I'm just not a not a big believer in, in either of those two being starting players. Uh, for Tennessee, so I think you'd have to you'd have to hit the graduate transfer market pretty hard. So if I if I had to say right now, I would say that they're both gone. What would be your guess on on next season's record? On on Grant and Bone, I think they're. Oh, both. okay. Um, I th- I think one comes back. I really do, I, and I I don't know. I, I think Bone's talking tough, but I think. Just from everything, maybe the lack of stuff that we're seeing, maybe he's getting a reality check here. Uh, I, I think one comes back. I'm not going to be surprised if Grant comes back. I, I'm just not. I, I just Like I said, he's a different kind of guy, but um, I definitely think Tennessee gets one of those two back. I would not be shocked if Grant comes back. I would be more surprised than I would have been. Because there, there was a quote he had in February, January, February, I believe it was after – one of the South Carolina games, he told uh, a reporter that uh, something to the effect of the NBA will be there in a year. But now it certainly sounds like uh, once he gets to talking to teams and is you know really doing well at those workouts in Chicago, that he he's going to be drafted high enough that uh, he will go. So I guess we'll just wait and see. But yeah, Saturday uh, Saturday's a big day. I, I yeah. mean, it, it's a it's a massive massive day. You're gonna figure out whether Tennessee is gonna be a title contender next year or if they're gonna be a bubble team next year. I mean, that's how that's how dramatic the cliff is. So if if he leaves, let's say he leaves his three years, where would you put him in terms of all time players at Tennessee? Oh man, because um, I think I think I'm higher than most people. Yeah, I I've got to put him. I guess right behind Bernard King. That's I, I was going to say second as well. Number two on the list all time. I, I mean, you've got to retire that jersey. Uh, definitely takes over, definitely leaps Chris Lofton for me, which is saying a, a whole heck of a yeah, lot. I would agree. Uh, that's just wild. Uh, I mean, and if he comes back uh, and and secures the, the, the third SEC player of the year. Um, well, then, he, then he's number one. I, but he's, I, yeah. I just, Go ahead and build a statue. After these three years, I would put him second. Yeah, so that's what's at stake. I mean, he could be a certified legend if he comes back. If he doesn't, he's still uh, he's still uh, on a list of two, you know, according to me and you. So, all right, when we come back, we will ask Connor about some of his uh, greatest hot takes, and and he's had a few um, in in his Rocky Top Talk career. So we'll be right back. All right, so Connor. Um, I got to ask you about this, and, and maybe you didn't want this to go public, but maybe it's already gotten out. But um, did I hear you correctly? You want to tear down Neyland Stadium? 
That is, uh, that's not what I said. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. However, I, I am not a fan of nostalgia. I just don't care. I think it would be great if we played all football indoors where it's 72 degrees with air conditioning. I don't, I think that'd be fantastic. And I think Neyland Stadium, uh, let's, let's see how can I put this delicately, uh, is not up to par with many other stadiums that I've visited. Okay. I, I, and, and that's, that's fair to say, Uh, that's fair to say, but, um, so if, if we were to have the pilot flying J dome, yeah, I I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I I get all that, but you can't tear down Neyland Stadium. I, I mean, you, you just can't again, do it. Again, I didn't say tear it down, but if if something were to happen, God <laughs> an, an act of nature or something like that, where it was going to take quite a bit of money to repair it, I mean, let's just build a new one. Yeah, and let's put the roof on it. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't exactly been brought up to uh it is not aged well right yeah I'll, I'll 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 get on board with that but you know you 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 piss a lot of people off when you start start talking about stuff like that as you know as austin found out power t tape you know oh, tweet, tweeted love, that out one austin night backing me up on that that was a that was that was a good yeah thing. that i that idea originated in the slack channel and then austin decided to go public with it and uh it did not go well for him yeah the things that make people angry are only about 10 percent of what we talk about that actually gets out right um another thing that that originated in the slack channel was uh connor's idea to go to the flex bone um, All right, I'll defend this till for, the end of time. It so, was a fantastic idea then. It's a fantastic idea. So, now. for those of you don't who don't know, Connor originated as a Georgia Tech fan, and uh, through the wild um, coaching search, through the wild uh, you know offensive coordinator search, Connor floated the idea that Tennessee should return should should go to the flex bone and run the triple option uh, and be different in the SEC. And and with that being said, I'll just give you the floor. Okay, I'll I'll defend this one to the death. If you haven't read it, you can Google just if you Google Tennessee triple option, I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, we were on I don't even know day what of with being without an offensive coordinator. We'd gone through nine or ten potential options who all turned it down, and I said, let's just let's just be real. We have the second fewest SEC wins in the last three or four years. I think only Arkansas has fewer. We uh, Pruitt last year ran the ball to the point that it was an extreme detriment when we all knew we shouldn't be running the ball, and we just kept running, kept running, kept running for two yards at a time. So I said, if we really want to have an offense that controls the clock and that uh, is is different enough that could give you a chance to really compete in the SEC, let's just run the triple option. I mean, Georgia Tech, for, for all Paul Johnson's faults, and there were many, he won an Orange Bowl. He won an ACC championship. I mean, Georgia Tech was very good for several years running the triple option with with athletes that are not the caliber that Tennessee has. So I, I defend it. I mean it 100%. So tell us about how your day went that day on Twitter when I hit oh, publish on the I, article. I woke up. And uh, so on Twitter, if you have more than 20 notifications – it just stops giving the number. It just says twenty plus. There had to be a hundred and fifty of just, and uh, not a positive one in the bunch. No. And I said, I said, look, you can say whatever you want to me, but it was very clear that not many people had read it because my friend, some some friends, texted me and said, you know, 
I thought that was crazy, and then I read it, and there were actually some valid points. So I said, if you read it, then you can say whatever you want to me. You just have to read it first. Yeah, you know, people in this day and age are, are not going to read it. Um, so that that was the whole problem Probably there. Not. You know, your your issues spilled over into my issues in the, the RTT mentions, and it was just, it was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath all day long. People, like I said, <laughs> I'll defend it. Yeah. I, will, I will go to bat for that take. And look. You make a lot of sense. I'll be honest. You make a lot of sense. If, if Tennessee runs the ball like they want to, you know, control the clock. Uh, that triple option makes a ton of sense. So I don't know if it's got the long-term upside. I don't know if you start broadcasting, hey, we're going to run the triple option here. I don't know if you're getting those same elite athletes that, that you would be getting. Um, well, that, you may not, but that's that's why you run it. I mean, do yeah. we have the same caliber athletes that Alabama has now? Definitely not. Probably but not. you know, the whole plan is in five years, maybe we will. So that that's well, that's, that's the, the jump off for point quite for some me. Time. I, I, understand. I understand. And then and then for a period of time, we did, and we still couldn't beat them. Yeah, and, and you know, I've always said Vanderbilt should run that. Vanderbilt should have been running that since the eighties, and they should have Kansas, never stopped. Yeah, Indiana. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, but man, I I just I remember was it Troy Calhoun who who we almost hired that that might have been before yep. your Tennessee yep, fandom, from, but from Air Force. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was not going to go over well, um, and, and I understand why. I just think there's a there's a ceiling there. So well, all right, and, and to anyone who says it's boring to watch, go watch Georgia Tech against <laughs> Mississippi State in the 2014 Orange Bowl. I think they had. Like 500 rushing yards or so. I mean, it was yeah. just surgical. Hey, Georgia Tech, Tennessee. Uh, I mean, I know you've got a, a terrible Tennessee defense there that lined up five yards off the ball, but still, that was a really and, good but game. But were it not for, uh, I think it was, was it Warrior, Abernathy, whoever forced the fumble at the end of the game. I mean, if it wasn't for yeah. that, Tech was running away with that game. Yeah, Tech deserved to win that game, and I'm not sure. I, I guess Butch used his last little bit of voodoo on that game, but. Um, it's certainly entertaining. Um, while we're on football, might as well fast forward to the 2019 season. Uh, I'll put you on the Let's spot go. here. What do you think Tennessee's going to do? Give me a record prediction. Oh, man. On May what it May 15th? Yeah, yeah. I will say 6-6. Six 6-6. And six. Six and I, six. Think, I think people saying 8-4, and four, and I've seen people say 9-3. and three. I think that's pretty That's ridiculous. Um. Now, you should win all four of the non-conference games. BYU's the only one that should not be a blowout. Um, so then you, you've got to win two of, you know, the usual Vandy, Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina. And and Tennessee should be far enough along that they can win two of those, if not three. I think seven and five is attainable. That's, um, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go seven and five, but I will say... That BYU game is going to have us uncomfortable. Um, oh, well, Tennessee, and, I, and I've said this forever, Tennessee playing a non-conference game at home before 7 o'clock, if it's daylight outside and it's a non-conference game, it's going to be close. Yeah. Every, that, it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if it's UMass, Ohio, Charlotte, whoever. And then App State, I mean, we played them at night and it was, we still should have lost. Any, any non-conference game in England Stadium is probably not going to be comfortable. And I'll tell you another one, UAB. That program UAB, is back. Uh, and Bill Clark. They, yeah. They've got a good team. Yeah, so people are glossing over UAB and BYU like they're nothing. I now, think they're going to be something. should still beat Alabama-Birmingham, but that, that's not a bad team. They should, they should win both of those games. But I'm, I'm saying 
I could see BYU coming down to a fourth quarter game. I could see yeah, UAB being really uncomfortable in the third quarter. Uh, and then, you like like you said, it, it's a matter of taking care of business. It's a matter of beating a couple of, you know, Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt, the teams that you haven't consistently beaten uh, over the past couple of years. That's how you're going to set yourself apart. I, do you see any way that they contend with, with Florida? I, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and ask you about Georgia and Alabama. I think we know the answer to that. But Florida is at least somewhat interesting, I think. I I am to the point that, I mean, save 2016, I don't know, that was some Butch Jones devil magic. I don't know that we'll ever beat Florida again. I mean, <laughs> it's to the point now that I'm just, I'm done caring. Uh, it is what it is. We're going to lose. And, yeah. And it it is what it is. And this year it's on the road, so Florida I would say probably not. You just count down the days until the Florida game, and then it just, it just takes a dump every, all over you every, every year. year. I'm, done. I'm done. They can't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. So you do get the bye week before Georgia. They played Georgia somewhat tough Georgia, last year. The second half, Tennessee Tennessee showed some yeah. life. Yeah. You, you kind of saw the entire season start to swing there, at least we thought, and then it crashed and burned later on. But they did show some fight midseason. Obviously, they beat Auburn, uh, beat a pretty good Kentucky team. And then, you know, Phil, Phil Fulmer's talked about this, too. He, Tennessee hit a wall. They just didn't have the, the bodies to, to continue to contend at an SEC level. They just hit a wall at the end, and I think I buy that. I, I just think that they weren't consistent enough. Defense was done. Defense didn't have any depth. They didn't have any pass rush. They didn't have any defensive line. All of that's been bolstered. But I think, it, I think the season comes down to the youth up front. Uh, and whether or not they can protect Jared Garantano, because we haven't seen Jared Garantano play the quarterback position with any help uh, on the offensive line, uh, just no prote- no protection whatsoever. So I-, I think Darnell Wright and Wanya Morris, the quicker they come along, the better Jared Garantano is going to be. Uh, and I expect it to be rough in the first month of the season, but what you want to see is by middle of October, early November, you want to see this team making strides. Well, and this is probably another what could be construed as a hot take. I, I think Jared Gantano is really good. I mean, all that we've oh, well. seen from him has been running for his life, and he's still he's still been in the top, you know, two and three guys in the SEC in completion percentage and throwing downfield and stuff like that. I mean, I think he's a really good quarterback. If if these you know eighteen year old offensive tackles are anything near like we think they could be, I mean, there's no telling what all he could do. Yeah, that's been the argument. Well, we don't know who he is. You know, everyone talks about how tough he is, and that's great. But I want to see him read a defense. I want to see him attack the middle of the field. I want to see him play with some consistency and some aggression. I think he's been pretty conservative, you know, and we don't know if that's that's his doing or not. But uh, we need to see him behind a really good offensive line. It, it just a just a really hard player to evaluate at this point. So I definitely think the season is tied to him. Um, well, Connor, thanks for joining us. It was fun. Uh, we're going to do this a lot more, uh, you know, probably closer to football season. We'll get, we'll get the whole gang on and we'll, we'll get some more predictions out there. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, by the way, congratulations to Connor. He graduated from Tennessee over the weekend. So, uh, hats off to Connor there. So, all right. So that'll do it for this episode of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am Terry Lambert. 
Thanks again to Connor and Nat for joining us. As always, check out rockytop.com for the latest news and information. We'll talk to you next week.